Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to FinTech Unfiltered from Bank Innovation, the leading digital news service for the financial technology and FinTech sectors. This is our weekly wrap for what's going on in banking innovation during the week of October 12, 2020. Before we get into the heart of our discussion, I want to thank the Bank Innovation advertisers for their support. And they are Blend, Q2E Banking, and Mambu. So thank you to them for their support. And I am pleased to be joined by Bianca Chan, the newly designated and promoted deputy editor of Bank Innovation. Welcome, our new deputy editor. It is Friday, October 16, 2020. This week, new coronavirus cases again started rising nationwide, heading towards a third peak as cases spiked in 41 states and the number of Americans known to have been infected by COVID topped the 8 million mark. Third quarter, third quarter earnings season started with banks reporting mainly positive results or at least positive within the context of COVID. We're gonna talk about earnings in just a moment. Data released this week uh, showed that retail sales increased 1.9% in September as consumers spend strongly on clothing, vehicles, and sporting goods. President Trump this week confirmed that his debts exceed $400 million. And finally, TAB, as the Wall Street Journal put it, is getting canned. Coca-Cola will stop selling TAB, its first diet soda and a 1970s pop culture icon by the end of the year. And I know I am saddened by the news, but we turn our attention to earnings. So uh, the major banks uh, reported this week, Bank of America, Chase, uh, City, among others, and shared some of their digital numbers uh, for the third quarter, a pivotal quarter, I would say, Bianca, uh, in regards to digital banking, considering what has happened nationwide. So what are some of the kind of gleanings that we can, uh, we can extract from earnings as it relates to uh, banking innovation and digital banking? Uh, from uh, this week's uh, announcements. Yeah, so uh, this week, JP Morgan Chase kicked off uh, third quarter earnings, and we also took a look at uh, Bank of America's earnings as well. And now, two things that kind of stuck out to me was the year-over-year -year growth in active digital users and active mobile users. Um, I expected it to be higher, kind of given the coronavirus pandemic. Um, so let's see, Bank of America, active digital users were flat year over year. Mobile banking users uh, were only up 300,000 um, to 30.6 million from Q2, which is very surprising, um, just given that, you know, people were expecting these digital trends to kind of accelerate. And it seems like they've kind of flattened out. The, the curve is, I guess you would say, flattened out. 
um, at Chase, the digital user is up only 3% year over year, mobile users up 9% year over year. So despite the fact that these, these major banks continue to make investments on these platforms, it doesn't really seem like it's um, translating to in, in like a, a notable increase in, in uh, new users. Yeah, I had the same, uh, the, I had the same uh, reaction. I, I was kind of surprised to see the growth rates uh, not exceeding what they did. I mean, especially when you, even though the mobile active users at Chase were up about 9%, uh, still when you look uh, at, uh, you know, the last few years, that's, a, that's kind of a, that's kind of par for the course uh, type of number, not necessarily the type of uh, uh, significant increase that I would expect I mean, do you have a theory on why the growth rates weren't as weren't greater despite the the pandemic? You know, it's it's so strange. The year over year numbers just they don't make sense, kind of given what services were available in person and which ones were available digitally. I think at least at Chase now um, they've got definitely I think upwards of sixty percent of their of their total customer retail customer base on mobile. So. Maybe it's just that kind of stubborn last 35% that we kind of hear people speak about, um, you know, kind of being hesitant or unwilling to adopt these digital channels. Um, but it seems like, I'm unsure if, if it's a reality that these banks will ever reach, you know, 100% of their retail customers on, on these digital channels. Yeah, I mean, we're talking, you know, MAUs, so, um, I, I think part of this is uh, not sure we have a standard definition or criteria for what each of these financial institutions consider to be a mobile active user. Um, and, and also, you know, we really don't have as much of a window into uh, the usage trends. So it could be that, that usage usage went up. It's just that new users didn't necessarily increase that much. I mean, overall, uh, you can, you know, you have, uh, um, you know, the growth rate in customers, in new customers at, at, at these large institutions isn't necessarily growing at, you know, internet rates, as we would say. So, um, you know, it, it, it it's, a, it's an interesting, it, it, there was some surprise in it, but uh, I, I think you could kind of chalk it up to uh, maybe some, uh, you know, maybe, maybe there's more underneath that number than, than we recognize or we can see at this point. That's actually a really good point. Um, also a highlight in the Chase earnings was that um, Quick Deposit, which is their, their mobile deposit uh, service, um, jumped to 40% of all check deposits in Q3 up from 30%. Um, so we're seeing, you know, and you know, if you, if you were a person who, um, you know, wasn't using mobile check deposits prior to the pandemic, I'm, I'm sorry for you because it's kind of a, it's a very easy service to use. Um, and so we're seeing, yeah, check deposit, uh, mobile check deposit. And then also on the Bank of America side, um, while the retail numbers were kind of flat in terms of, um, you know, uh, new users, we did see uh, in the earnings 
some acceleration on their Cash Pro platform, which is the bank's uh, platform for businesses to manage their payments, uh, invest, receive funds, whatnot. So it's on the business side, we're seeing Cash Pro um, gain some traction. Some numbers here, mobile logins are up 54% year over year on Cash Pro. And wow. there are now about 500,000 online Cash Pro users. And it just so happens that Bank of America launched uh, three new APIs on Cash Pro about two weeks ago, they announced at the Cybos conference. Um, and that brings the total number of APIs offered on that platform to more than 50. So tell us a little bit more about the APIs uh, that they that they introduced uh, last week. What was kind of the, could you, you know, was there some underlying strategy or are they just covering areas that the previous IPOs uh, did not cover? They are covering, yes, the, the previous areas. So the, the APIs on Cash Pro span um, eight different categories, real-time payments, push notifications, data, exchange, so, so that sort of thing. And these three APIs, they're very, they have very specific use cases, but they kind of fall into those areas. So it seems like Cash Pro focuses on yeah, eight main areas, and then they're kind of fleshing out those areas. Um, so the first is um, foreign exchange settlement, Second is check image retrieval for account reconciliation. And then there's a reporting API, which apparently of the three has been the most popular so far since launching in pilot, um, which basically allows businesses to better um, pull, to more easily pull data and, and organize and manage it for analysis. I mean, I, get, I guess you can't, you can't link the growth in cash pro logins uh, or new users, it's new users, correct? That, new users that, and mobile logins, actually. New, yeah. new users, I don't think you can connect the two um, to, to the new APIs. They're just too new to have Certainly. an influence. But it, it, it is interesting to see. Uh, it will be interesting to watch like, whether or not there, you, you know, whether or not adding APIs from a, from kind of a, a, a overall usage standpoint eventually foments, you know, more logins and, and, and usage of Cash Pro itself um, because functionality increases or something, or it's like, you know, there's a pass-through dynamic where they get access to Cash, Cash Pro through other means. Well, you know what's really interesting is I spoke with the head of Cash Pro, uh, Tom Durkin, and he said that, you know, real-time payments are something that are... Um, or, you know, operating in real time is something that's very, uh, it's almost table stakes in, in retail banking, but mm -hmm. on the commercial side and business banking, it's still behind. Uh, and so it seems like, yes, while the, um, the acceleration on cash flow usage can't necessarily be tied to the APIs, it seems like maybe they're looking at, you know, where can we kind of put our uh, tech resources in, in what we have experience in when it seems like the retail side is maybe topping out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, 500,000 users at a, on, you know, bank of America levels is just pittance. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you consider the number of, of clients that they have, I mean, I, I don't know the business, the commercial banking client number, but it's gotta be, you know, well in excess of 500,000. So there, there's probably some, you know, there's some growth for them to have there. Um, the, the other interesting, another interesting news development was uh, the 
Greenlight Chase partnership this week. Um, Bianca, maybe give us a little background on that. And and my my question around uh, this partnership is, you know, seems like a really big deal for Greenlight, but to what degree is this a big deal for Chase? Well, maybe this might be the redemption moment for Chase. <laughs> it's not right. their it's not their first uh, it's not their foray into you know launching specific. Um, uh, specific brands or products aimed at uh, age groups. We know that the bank shuttered Finn, which was the personal finance app that was, you know, built outside of the, the Chase banking app um, that basically shut down after one year um, after launching. This, this what one, is, what, so what are they trying to do with Greenlight though? <laughs> so Greenlight, it should be noted. Okay, so Greenlight is a, uh, it's a FinTech. Uh, it's personal finance kind of fintech that focuses on um, the intersection of, you know, parents and kid money management. Uh, and so it should be noted that this, this uh, Chase First Banking, which is what the product is called, is built into Chase's mobile app and it's targeting um, a slightly younger age group. So as young as 12, uh, six, six and then to 12 and then once the kid turns 13, they graduate to the, uh, the, teen, the teen version, which, I, which is inside also the, the Chase mobile app. So it's a big deal for Greenlight. It's their first time kind of white labeling their technology. Um, and it's kind of it's signaling maybe they're going also after a B2B business in addition to their you know, direct-to-consumer business, which has also been growing. And that Greenlight, it should also be noted, just raised over 200 million um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, I can't help but think about uh, one of the startups in INV FinTech, Agora Services, which is our, our sister accelerator um, that is developing uh, challenger bank applications for uh, incumbent banks that are segmented, uh, teen, uh, small business, et cetera. So this sort of like segmented bank services but you know meaning full stack services uh that it seems i mean clearly chase has 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 embraced this notion yeah i mean i'm not in uh, business marketing at all but i don't see how this could i just don't see how this really resonates if i'm a six-year-old kid am i really going to be excited about a, a digital banking app where my parents can monitor my spending what am i even spending when i'm six i don't know I don't uh, pizza. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll leave that uh, aside uh, for now. Uh, let's look ahead to next week and to what we're planning. I know we have earnings coming. Uh, more earnings uh, are being reported. Ally came out with earnings today, and and there are more. There's more earnings reports uh, next week, so we'll be looking at the digital banking side of that. And what else are we planning for next week, Bianca? We are looking at uh, more core tech integration, specifically looking at community banks, which is interesting you bring up Agora because I think Agora is also targeting that kind of community bank segment, which, you know, it's tough to kind of compete with the with big rigs chase launching, you know, similar products. And so we're looking at how these uh, smaller sized institutions are, are keeping up. Yeah. Um, and uh, until then, uh, so you should check that out on bankinnovation.net. That would be my, 
that would be the bottom line. And um, you should also uh, be sure to rate FinTech Unfiltered on your podcast platform. And I want to thank everyone for joining us. And, and once again, uh, congratulate Bianca on her promotion. And we will see you all on bankinnovation.net. Thanks so much. Thank you.